Welcome to The Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. I live for quirky ways to make money, so this is right up my street. The bank then do everything for you. Everything is automated. The whole process takes seven working days end to end. All of your regular payments, so your standing orders, your direct debits, etc., they are all transitioned over to your new account automatically for you. I think this is like advanced ninja money making <laughs> right here. I think if you are really on top of your finances, then this is how you can kick your money making onto the next level in 2023. Welcome to the second instalment of our special two-parter on how to make and save money in 2023. Now, last week, we heard some fantastic advice on how to save. Do go back and have a listen if you haven't already. And today, we'll be looking at how to boost your income. Those little side hustles or banking hacks that could make you hundreds this year. And to do this, I'm joined by our wonderful podcast regular, witch journalist, Grace Witherden, and the founder of the brilliant Young Money blog, Financial Journal and author Iona Bain. Hello there. Hiya. Thank you both so much for joining us for what will be a jam-packed show today. Now, before we get into it, we are, of course, talking about ways to make money. And especially with the self-assessment tax return deadline looming at the end of this month, we should first address the elephant in the room. That is, would you need to pay tax on these earnings? Or actually, and more positively, why you might not need to. Grace, Iona, can you explain more? Yeah, so fortunately, you actually can earn money from trading activities. Now, you can make £1,000 tax-free, and this is known as the trading allowance. But in addition to this, if you make money from your property, uh, like if you rent out your garden, then you can also earn £1,000, and you can use both allowances. Um, They can be claimed at once. So as long as you're not making crazy money um, from one of these side hustles, then you're okay, and you don't need to um, report it to HMRC. Oh, I'm so pleased we've got that out of the way. Now, can we start then with something I'm a huge fan of because it's something you can do again and again to get completely free money and it's switching your bank account. Iona, can you take this one? Yeah, Lucia, this is one of my favorite ways to make free money as well. And it's something that we could be doing a lot more of Mm. because um, there are stats that uh, suggest that almost 40% of people say they only change banks once every decade. First Direct um, is offering £175 to switch to its account. And actually, that's the only switching offer to survive the new year. In December, you had a real feast of switching offers. There was HSBC offering £200, Halifax offering £175 and so on. So First Direct is is the only game in town at the moment, but £175 is very tasty. Now, of course, different offers can have different features or criteria. Um, And, you know, if you've done your homework and you think that First Direct would be a good home for your money, then go for it. Um, But if you've already taken advantage of uh, a deal from First Direct in the past, then you wouldn't qualify. Um, Or if you just don't fancy First Direct, it might be a good idea to wait and see if other uh, banks come out with switching offers, um, which they will do at some point. Um, You just have to wait and see. Um, Some people, myself included, run more than one account. So perhaps um, if you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, you could have 
um, an account with one of the banks that offers um, a switching deal, but then run a, a sort of challenger account alongside that, like a Monzo or a Starling. Um, and that gives you the option of switching your second account from time to time as well to take advantage of the offers whilst keeping your main account. And I personally like to do that because Starling is a, is a great day-to-day current account that suits me really well. And you just mentioned there that with this particular First Direct switching deal, you can't have had any accounts with First Direct before to be eligible. Um, And actually, this counts me out, unfortunately. But it's not always the case, is it? No, absolutely. That's why it's really important to check the T's and C's and make sure that actually um, you're not ruling yourself out of a switching offer just because you've been with that bank um, before. And it's generally a good idea to read the small print as well, because usually you have to be depositing a certain amount of money into that account on a regular basis as well. And, And you may have to keep that account for a period of time too. And that might be a good idea anyway, because I think that if you switched your current account too often, that might have an impact on your credit score as well. And it may be something to think about as well if you are maybe applying for a mortgage in the next few months um, or applying for a new credit card deal. Uh, Perhaps you want to hold off switching your current account until that's gone through. And we should say it really is such an easy process, which I can personally vouch for having done it myself several times over the years. So most banks are signed up to what's called the Current Account Switch Service or CAS, which is essentially a guarantee that it should take just seven days. But let's hear about it from CAS. Here's Joe Ainsley, Senior Manager at CAS with more details. Once you've decided which is the right account for you, which is the right organisation for you to switch to, reach out to that organisation, explain to them that you're wanting to open an account with them, they will open the account and that you want to then switch your old account into them. The bank then do everything for you. Everything is automated. The whole process takes seven working days end to end. All of your regular payments, so your standing orders, your direct debits, etc., they are all transitioned over to your new account automatically for you. So you don't need to go and reach out to anybody to update those details. Um, in addition, any payee details that you might have, so one-off payments that you might make to people here and there, all of the information for those are transitioned to your new account as well. Again, saving you having to reset all of those back up. Throughout that process, your new bank and your old bank will send you notifications to let you know how the process is progressing. And then on the final day, any balance that you have with the old account will be transitioned across to your new account. The old account is closed automatically for you, um, closing everything down and kind of finalizing um, that one. Um, And then your new account is up and running and ready for you to use. Now, we'll come back to banking a bit later on in the show, but first, I really want to get onto a couple of what I think are quite quirky ways to make money. And one of them is getting paid for your recycling. Grace, tell us more. I live for quirky ways uh, to make money. Me too. So this is right up my street. Now, yeah, so basically you can actually get paid to recycle um, things like old toiletries um, and printer ink cartridges, clothes, which clothes aren't really trash. We'll come on to clothes later. But basically I have a lot of toiletries and actually like several shops have recycling schemes. So you can bring in your empties and then you'll get a voucher um, towards your next shop in the store. So John Lewis, Boots and Lush have these schemes. The Boots scheme is quite generous. Um, basically Boots will reward you with advantage card points if you recycle toiletries so all you need to do is take five empty products so you take those products into store 
and you'll get rewarded with 500 advantage card points. So you'll actually get 600 if you do it in January. Um, the only thing is you do need to spend £10 in store at the same time. So the best thing is to get organised. Next time you know you're heading to Boots, um, you know, maybe you need some shampoo and conditioner and you need a bit of a big shop. Next time you're heading in, remember to grab your toiletries and you'll get the extra advantage card points at the same time. And that will be worth £5. So well worth planning ahead and bringing those in next time you're in store. Now, I would say with printer ink cartridges, I don't have loads of these lying around. I don't have a printer, um, but hopefully some of our listeners will, um, because you can exchange these for cash. So you could get as much as £2.50 um, for an ink cartridge on some sites. Um, I've had a look on the Recycling Factory and Ink Viro, but you can have a look online to see because obviously different uh, cartridges will fetch different prices. Um, but basically that just involves you sending them to these websites and they will give you money for them. I think this is such great advice because um, whilst I don't have uh, a printer, uh, I get products from the likes of Boots quite a lot and actually we really needed a scheme like this to try and incentivize customers to be more environmentally friendly because I've often thought to myself what a tremendous waste it is to just put the the bottles and the the cartons in in the bin if they're not recyclable Um, and even when they are recyclable you know you do want to feel like you're getting rewarded for doing the right thing so I wonder whether this will be the start of a of a really great uh, trend where actually customers will be super incentivized to do the right thing and take these products into store and recycle them to get a bit of money off because who doesn't like that? The Boots one really does feel like a, the standout deal here to me, actually, because yeah. like you say, you, you can bring any toiletry. So so just to be clear, we're talking, this could be a deodorant can, a shower gel, anything, like you, you're, you're real every day. Is, is that right? So yeah, the scheme is aimed at hard to recycle beauty, healthcare and wellness products that can't be put into the council council home recycling, um, usually because they might be too small or made of non-recyclable materials. Um, so Boot said they will accept most hard to recycle products and would encourage customers to consider any item that they'd like to bring back. So, so yeah, some examples would be perhaps um, the end of a foundation uh, glass, things like toothpaste tubes, um, or compacts and lipsticks, um, because these are made of um, composite materials. And just to clarify as well, um, because we might get a foundation, you know, at a certain point, and it will take a long time for us to get through that foundation. Um, do we have to prove that we bought it from Boots in the first place? Or could we buy that product from anywhere it doesn't say that you need to have proved uh, that you purchased it in boots you can have it purchased anywhere you're meant to sort of scan these products first online before you bring them into store and it might give a good indication of how much um, you know if they're suitable Super. I'm definitely going to be using that one. That really is such a brilliant uh, deal. And I certainly will be taking advantage of it. So anything you think is hard to recycle, uh, keep hold of it uh, and take it down to your local boots. Now, while we're on this point, can we also talk about unwanted clothes? Because, you know, selling clothes isn't something new or as quirky. But if my experience is anything to go by, it's something I've always been meaning to do for so long. But just haven't got around to it. Um, so firstly, have either of you managed to get into it? 
I have. Um, this is because we actually spoke about this last year in one of our podcast episodes. Uh, we were looking at how to save money on clothes. And after I thought, I really need to actually start doing this, mm. getting rid of my old gums. So I set myself like a target last year of making £100 because uh, I was going on holiday. And I thought if I could make £100 from clothes, which I have, which no longer fit me, but they're still in quite good condition, um, then I'd be really chuffed with that. And that's what I made. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, I did the same. I actually started selling clothes on Depop during lockdown. And one of the reasons was that actually it gave me something really creative and fun to do um, in the new year of 2021. And I love clothes. And there were certain clothes um, that my mum and dad had that I thought were absolutely amazing. But I knew I couldn't quite pull off myself. But (laughs) one of them was like a, a sort of vintage 19... 50s aviator jacket oh, wow. with genuine leather and sheepskin and it was um a little it was a little bit well worn but because it was like a genuine piece actually we thought we could charge you know a fair amount for it and we did actually sell it I think we sold it for about 60 pounds and someone took it so that's the great thing about Depop you know one man's trash really is another man's treasure um but I think that when it comes to something like selling clothes it, it really does help if you enjoy putting up the listings, taking the photos, doing the descriptions, because um, it's not something that you can squeeze into five minutes here and there. You know, it can turn into, you know, quite a full on hobby and side hustle. Um, And also, you know, if you are going to take it really seriously, you have to kind of figure out whether it's got an ongoing life. So maybe, yes, you've got, you know, a some clothes that yeah you you know that you'll be able to to sell within you know five to six months but then if you want to maybe continue it as a side hustle you might have to look at going to charity shops and combing their rails and seeing if you could um, upsell clothes uh, through that so yeah it's definitely something that I would recommend um, but it helps to have you know some some genuinely covetable clothes in your wardrobe y2k if you're um woman of a certain age you might look at the clothes that you were wearing around the 2000s and think goodness me I'm never going to wear that ever again but Gen Z they love Y2K so put it on Depop and see what happens. Yeah absolutely I love that and okay so we've mentioned Depop well we've got loads of research into the different platforms out there to help you make your first steps or help you get back into it. How easy are these platforms to use and how do they stack up against each other in that sense? For this, let's hear from witch journalist Olivia Howes. Here's a clip from Olivia that aired recently on our sister podcast, Witch Investigates. We looked at basically how buyers and sellers found the whole buying and selling experience. So we looked at things like ease of setting up an account ease of interacting with the buyer or seller if you've got any questions about the item, the choice of posted options, how easy it was to pay. We also asked them generally about how satisfied they were with the overall process. And actually one of the important things we also asked them about was if they did have a problem, how they found the dispute resolution process, if it existed. Vintive was at the top of the table. That's a marketplace that specialises in secondhand clothing, but also has recently added other categories like homewares, kids' toys, baby equipment and entertainment items. Facebook Marketplace and Gumtree also did really well, and they were closely followed by eBay and Freecycle. At the bottom of the table was Preloved, but that was quite closely followed by Spock and Nextdoor. Okay, so I really have no excuse uh, not to start doing this now. And I'm hoping the next time it comes up on the show, like you, Grace, I can share my experience. Now, 
On to another quite quirky one, I think, which is doing surveys or even playing games. It's not something I've tried, but Grace, your sister has become a bit of a success story for this, hasn't she? Yeah, this is something that we always include on whenever I do these articles that are a bit like, how can you make money? And I obviously look after our guide on our website, which is 50 ways to make money. Um, and surveys, doing surveys or completing tasks, that's always something we include. Um, but it's not always in reality that you know someone that actually makes money from them. Apart from who I say, my sister, who has made loads of money doing surveys and you know when people say stuff to me like oh but can you actually make money from them or you know don't you make really small amounts and I can actually say yeah but actually my sister's made loads and loads of money doing them not full-time like she has a job but this is you know something she does on the side. Well let's hear from Daisy now then um, because here she is telling us how much she's been paid to do surveys. Usually how they work it out it's about um, one pound per minute of your time they don't always take as long as they say but they can be quite quick, they can be about government or politics or just from brands wanting feedback on a new product they've got or an advertisement campaign they've got, just wanting like consumers' opinions really. Yeah, so quite a diverse range of topics. Right now, just because I'm quite busy, I tend to just do them when I've got, you know, something on in the background, something I'm not really paying attention to, so I maybe do about one or two a week. I don't need to put a lot of effort into them, they're just quite easy to do, they didn't take that long to do. I estimate I've made probably about four to five hundred pounds since 2017. One of the sites I use alone in four years, I've made 350, um, and then I've made little bits here and there from other sites I use. You know, I'm honestly so impressed by that. Four to five hundred pounds for something she just essentially slots into her day now and again. Grace, what are the survey websites that she's talking about? Yeah, so I did grill her um, last night. I really wanted to know like what specific one she was using because there are actually quite a lot of these survey websites out there. And she said what she's made the most money from is probably YouGov. You've probably heard of them because their surveys are actually quoted in the media a lot. You often hear like political yeah. polls from YouGov. Well, you can actually get money to be the ones answering those surveys. She uses a site called Why Live Surveys and New Vista. She said the main thing with most of them is that you have to earn a certain amount before you can withdraw the money. And this is usually £50, which means it does take a while to build up the pots. Yeah, it's great that it's worked for Daisy. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm with you, Grace. I um, used to do YouGov surveys um, and I did them for, for a long time before I got that magic £50 through to my bank account. And that felt very satisfying. But I can't say that I continued with it after that because it did feel like quite a long haul quite a big slog to get to that amount um and just because uh, the YouGov surveys often are asking you how you feel about the world <laughs> and in the past five years I've um, not wanted to dwell on that maybe quite as often um so I think it depends on whether you actually quite like giving your opinion on things if so then this is definitely for you um but yeah if, if not then uh, maybe you won't have the patience to keep up with it well, for the last part of the show, then, can we come back to banking, making your bank and your money work a bit harder for you? And cashback credit cards can be a great way of doing this, of, of course, as long as you're paying them off in full every month and not getting caught out by paying interest. Anecdotally, speaking about my friends and family, I'm always surprised that more people aren't using these, especially because it could earn you hundreds of pounds a year. So firstly, what about you two? Um, do you use a cashback credit card? Yeah, I do. Um, I have an American Express credit card. 
um, my cashback card. Uh, I don't use it as my sole credit card. I do actually have um, a 0% interest one as well, which I use for mainly bigger purchases, which I want to spread the cost of. And my American Express one, I kind of treat as a debit card. And then if I'm going to the shops, so I'll put it on there. Um, you know, stuff that I know I have the money for, because the trick with them is that I want to pay off it in full each month. With these, you know, with with my card, I get my cash back annually. Um, so I got, actually got that in December and I got £40 and it came off my December credit card statement. So that was, and the year before that, I think I got £90. You get like a better rate when you first have it. I'd be interested to see how much I earned this year, but it was still it was still a, a needed £40. I've had a similar one actually with American Express, um, British Airways. So rather than cash back, it's Avios points I'm collecting. It has been good. I've had it for a few years. If you spend so much, you get a two for one voucher that you can use alongside your points. But I think I'm going to be moving now to cash rather than Avios points. So I might move to that one. Um, and on that point, um, what are some of the best ones that you might be able to, to get now? We actually do have a um, best cashback credit card guide um, on our website. Um, and on that, we actually do, we do recommend um, two American Express cards. American Express is actually a which recommended provider. And this means it's scored really well in our annual credit card survey. We're surveying people on, you know, the customer service, how easy it's to use the app, how easy it's to understand the charges. So there's a lot of stuff we survey credit card providers on. So the one I was talking about there that I have is the American Express Platinum Cashback Everyday Credit Card, which means you get 5% cashback on purchases for the first three months, but this is capped at £100. Uh, but then after the first three months, you only get 0.5% cash back. And, you know, when you spend up to £10,000, the rate does improve if you if you spend over £10,000. There's also another American Express card, which has a really similar name. I think it's the American Express Platinum Cashback Credit Card rather than every day. That's very similar, but it has a high rate of cash back because you pay an annual fee. Um, we also recommend the Santander All-in-One, which pays 0.5% cash back. It's also unlimited, so it's not capped, but it does have a £3 monthly fee. Top tips is to always do an eligibility checker first um, to see if you're going to be eligible for this card. So you want to find out if you're likely to be approved for it before you go ahead. And as I said earlier, always pay off this bill in full because otherwise any cashback that you earn will be wiped out by the interest charges because they have um, typically quite high uh, rates. These cards are not one to do a big purchase on that you can't afford to pay off. Yeah, I think this is like advanced ninja money making <laughs> <laughs> right here. I think if you um, are really on top of your finances, then this is how you can kick your money making onto the next level in 2023. It's definitely something I'm going to look into because um, I think it's actually only been in recent years that I've got fully comfortable with using my credit card. I think, you know, I was very much a, a, a credit phobe for many years and only through my job got much more comfortable with using my credit card. And then, you know, you get tied into a certain deal that works for you. I think I got my credit card because I could get a preferential deal on it because I also had a current account with the same provider um, and then you just stick with it because you want to play safe but actually I think I might be missing out on some very good cash back um, because uh, my credit rating is probably quite good and I would uh, qualify for some of these deals um, but I am getting cash back through uh, my debit card so if you maybe aren't ready to switch your credit card perhaps you're still taking advantage of a 0% balance transfer deal 
um, or you don't think that you would qualify, you know, have a look at something like the Chase uh, current account, because that will offer you 1% on all your debit card spending within the first year. It's not a huge amount, you know, you're going to have to spend a lot of money on there for it to really add up. But I am a big advocate of just making money in a completely thoughtless way. And, and this is this is definitely one of those tips that's pretty easy to put into action. And whilst, you know, it's not going to make you huge sums, it all adds up. So, yeah, if you're not quite ready for a cashback credit card, then a cashback debit card might be worth thinking about. And I mean, there are other um, cashback current accounts out there as well, offered by the likes of Barclays and the co-op as well. So I'd say do your homework and figure out, um, as ever, which bank you want to move to and whether you'd be happy with that bank. Because um, you never want to just move for the sake of getting, you know, 100 quid there or some cash back there. You actually want to want to stay with that bank for a decent period of time and be happy with them, too. I love that ninja style uh, money making. Well, to finish the episode then, um, I wanted to ask you both if there was anything uh, that you've been inspired to do uh, from today's episode. I actually have a hunch that recycling your toiletries will be one of them. Yeah, you know what? I, I, so I, I think I've done that once and I think it was two years ago maybe. And a lot of these, a lot of these schemes, these recycling schemes did actually pause during the pandemic and they sort of opened up again last year. And I remember doing one of these before the pandemic and I haven't done it since, despite having a bag of empty toiletries in my wardrobe, <laughs> which I don't, which I haven't thrown away because obviously I thought to myself, oh, you can recycle these. Um, <laughs> but I haven't done it and that's really annoying. So I, you know, because I think the John Lewis one, which we didn't touch on, but that was also a good deal. Um not one that had loads of, you know, shops, loads at Lush, but the John Lewis one was quite similar as well. Um, I think that might have been focusing more on beauty rather than other products. But I, I definitely need to start returning some of these toiletries and getting some vouchers. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking into that as well. And also uh, the cashback credit card, because whilst I'm getting cashback on my debit card spending, I feel like I'm just missing out on that little bit of extra money that I could be getting through my credit card. So yeah, that's my homework for this week. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased you're feeling inspired because with things like this, it, do, it does make you think, gosh, you know, we're so aware of so many tips that when you do hear one that you haven't heard before... Yeah, it does make you feel quite good, doesn't it? So we will put some links um, in the description of today's podcast to our 11 ways to make £1,000 in 2023 article, as well as our larger guide on 47 ways to make money. Thank you so much to Grace and Iona for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly, and edited by Rob, with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matthew Jenkins.